Greetings and welcome to Fresh Text, a weekly podcast where a couple pastor scholars dig into a seasonally appropriate scriptural passage drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. I'm your host, John Drury. I teach systematic theology and spiritual formation for Wesley Seminary at Indiana Wesleyan University. And today, our guest, a first-time guest, Jonathan Morgan. Jonathan just finished up his third year of teaching here at Indiana Wesleyan University. He teaches in the School of Theology and Ministry, which is in another part of the university, mostly undergraduate students, but some some graduate programs as well. And Jonathan is the Associate Professor of Christian Theology for the School of Theology and Ministry. He taught full-time for a few years at Tocoa in Georgia. So he's been teaching for a while, though he's somewhat new here at IWU, and we've been getting to know each other, and he's a fun guy to geek out with and share life with, and I appreciate John a lot. And I specifically asked him to be on this episode because this is the episode for what's called Trinity Sunday. Uh, Traditionally, in churches that follow the classic liturgical calendar, whether you do or not, this still may be of interest to you. Trinity Sunday is the Sunday right after Pentecost. Fittingly, you know, it's like now that we've had the unfolding story of Christ in the Spirit, we can kind of pause and say, okay, when you gather this all together, that is, behold, the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit. So it's kind of this moment to celebrate and highlight that doctrine kind of at the end of the Easter cycle. So yeah, our text today is John 16, verses 12 through 15. We jump around quite a bit in John and the New Testament in general and theology and practice as well, but that's the focus text uh, for this week. Um, We're so glad that you uh, tuned in, and we hope that you will uh, enjoy this and find it edifying and equipping as well. And yeah, make sure to uh, subscribe and rate and review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever Uh, podcast app you use and get the word out through your social media and such. We appreciate you so much for listening and letting other listeners know about what we're doing here. So, all right, now for the show. Let's do this. We're looking at what's called Trinity Sunday, which is the 16th of June this year. So this will drop a week prior on the Monday prior, so on on the 10th. And we're looking at John 16, verses 12 through 15. And Jonathan, if you'd be willing to, to read, that'd be great. Sure thing. This is from the ESV. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father, we praise your name. Lord Jesus Christ, we praise your name. O Holy Spirit, we praise your name. O one eternal, wise, and powerful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we praise your name. 
the name of God into whom we have been baptized, and the name in which we entrust ourselves as we gather this hour to study your word and through which to study you, the unstudiable God who is beyond all our comprehension, and yet you have made yourself mysteriously comprehensible as the one God, Father, Son, and Spirit. So God, we ask that you would open our eyes, both the eyes of our mind as interpreters of this text and of the doctrine associated with it, and the eyes of our heart, that we would be illumined to see and be awakened to move towards the ends that you desire for us, even in this very hour. We ask this for ourselves, Jonathan and I, and for all those listening in, separated by time and space. In a word, Lord, we ask that you would send afresh your Holy Spirit to do the very things about which you speak in this very passage. May your Spirit, O Christ, glorify you, and may you, O Christ, and you, O Spirit, together glorify the Father. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, what jumps out at you in this text? Again, we'll, because it's Trinity Sunday, and because of the nature of the text, we'll We'll stray beyond the text eventually, but let's, let's hug it for the first sure. 10 minutes or so <laughs> just to be good uh, <laughs> students of the text. But what jumps out at you? One of the things that's always jumped out at me about this text right here, when Jesus calls the spirit, the spirit of truth, um, it's just the, sh- the shared titles Jesus called, had called himself in the gospel of John. I ah. am the way, the truth and the life. And so to call himself, I am the truth. And then the spirit of truth talks about not just a shared title, but ultimately it's going to get into inseparable operations, shared essence. You know? Yeah. But the, the one who is true saying, the one who I am sending after you from the Father is also the one who is true. Yeah. So then truth is, yeah, this this truth is the identity and being of Christ, but it's mm-hmm. the identity and being of the Spirit. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that is really striking, right? Because that mm-hmm. I am the way, the truth, and life is just back in 14. Mm-hmm. And I am the true vine is in 15. Yep. So he's been talking this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my witness is true. He's been saying yep. the whole book of John. Right. Yeah. It's a theme oh, that Jesus, yeah. he's, I mean, he's always applying this to himself. And then he's applying the same thing to the Holy Spirit. So I, I, I've always thought that's, I've always thought that's, that's striking. I think very important as to the identity of the Spirit. And in, in, in Jesus, in some sense, uh, linking the Spirit with himself. Although the spirit, of course, is distinct from him, yeah, clearly, but an inseparable. I think you used the word inseparable. I did. That's yeah. good, yeah. and that fits the context. Then in verse twelve, right, just before mm-hmm. that, in verse thirteen, in verse twelve, it says, "I am with you." There is so much more mm. that I want to say to you, right, 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 that yeah. you're not able to bear it now <laughs> sure. or yet. Sure. So the context is this: this farewell speech from thirteen mm-hmm. to seventeen, and mm-hmm. this kind of. He's been teaching them a lot, but he's saying, there's more to come. There's more that I want to say. Mm. And it's not that I don't want to say it. It's that you aren't ready for it. Yeah. Right? I've wondered sometimes, too, like, what all would be – what all would Jesus, Jesus thinking there? I know. You know, because you can say, oh, well, certainly things about what is just going to happen in the near term, but also afterwards. 
the the nature of what Jesus was about to suffer, not just physically, but even in terms of, I don't know, even the descent. I mean, all all kinds of things in Jesus's mind that he knew that were beyond the disciples' grasp. That they weren't, they wouldn't be able to understand. I, I don't know. I was, I was thinking about that even, even walking over here today. I think, what, what all was Jesus thinking? You can't bear this, mm. this, 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 this. Yeah, it's, it's. I've been having a, a kind of shift in my own thinking, mm-hmm. and experience around that very phrase, where I've tended to always think of it as. Because it says things, it's plural, right? right? I've tended to think, oh, yeah, like things, like topics, like doctrines, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's true. I, I'm not going to deny that. Sure. But I've been having a shift, at least in my own emphasis, of kind of like almost hearing it as like – because, of course, this whole discourse, he's been kind of swirling around the same things over and over again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I wonder if it's almost like I have like 16 other ways of saying what I'm saying to you. <laughs> gotcha. The same thing sure. in a new way. Hmm. But you're not ready. And even the sense of plainness, like later he says something, they say, oh, now you're speaking plainly, no Mm. longer in riddles. Mm -hmm. Almost as if I would love to put this in less of a riddled way for you, but I don't Mm. think you can handle it yet. Sure. I don't think that's mutually exclusive with what you mentioned and what Mm. I said I usually think of when I think of the the etipola here, the the, the, the many more things still I have to tell you. But I'm, I'm increasingly sort of noticing that like because you know how it is even in your own life how there'll be like you'll have these epiphany moments Mm -hmm. and it's usually something that you already had a a basic conceptual grasp of a decade ago but it finally hits you right in a kind of whole self way and not just as a concept sure Having said all that, yeah, yeah, I could totally imagine that in his mind he's like thinking, dude, you guys are no clue like what's coming. Yeah. You can't see it. Yeah. But it's something, though, that he's not just tantalizing them. He's he's saying there will be some kind of answer to this. There will be some kind of not, – not complete closure, but there will be a disclosure when the Holy Spirit comes. So whatever is going to happen between then, between it, it, the time we see in this text, and then the point at which they will know, something is going to transpire – within them perhaps that they will be able to bear something then that they can't. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. That implies, even though he kind of moves on to talk about the spirit's role as like a teacher, Mm -hmm. it's implying that their capacity to bear their dunamis, you know, because he says you are not able. Ooh, yes. Right. That implies that when the spirit comes, he will lead you in the way of all truth. He kind of just move. He, he focuses yeah. on the action of the spirit, but that somewhat maybe implies what you're saying there is that he will render them, you know, able do not stay, yeah, right? Absolutely. You will be able yeah. bastadze to bear it. Yes. You will have the capacity mm-hmm. to bear, which does really make me think of how there will be new things, mm-hmm. but also that they will, come to see and understand and believe the thing he was telling them about because it hasn't sure. happened yet. They can't ever really get it till it happens. Until he it makes happens. it clear. Of course. He, earlier of course. in the discourse, right? He says, yeah. I tell you these things now so that when they happen, you will sure. believe. In other words, I understand you're not going to believe now because yeah. you, you haven't even seen it you yet. You can't see it. You can't, yeah. you can't know. Absolutely. So it's both looking backwards, the spirit's work, but also looking forwards to these right. other things that they can't bear. I hadn't even thought about that. A capacity... To bear, and it is dunamis, which is clothed in power in Luke, right? In Luke uh, 24, the spirit will come from on high and you'll be clothed with 
dunamis with with capacity. Well, I was just thinking. Right? Yeah, speaking of Luke, dunamis, you know how much of this is linked to Pentecost here? Yeah, and that 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 enabling then when the Spirit comes, and then something then and the days after happens to them, so that they are able to hear in a different way. Which yeah, means leading um, on all truth is not just about them satisfying their curiosity of more things, but so that they can speak to the nations. Absolutely. Although as is typical with one of these differences between John and Luke in Mm -hmm. terms of emphasis, Mm -hmm. Luke tends to focus more on the movement of the community beyond its own boundaries. Mm -hmm. And John, both in the gospel and especially in the letters Mm -hmm. is focused considerably more on the internal life of the community. Not that these are, mutually exclusive but no, they are different be, emphases though they are different emphases and yes. and they're and actually that difference of emphasis makes some sense of the location of this teaching hmm. the the talking about the spirit in this mm-hmm. quasi esoteric insider time of the mm-hmm. the night that he's betrayed mm-hmm. this is an ins- this is insider right. discourse this is this is right. the other know, people aren't around right now when he's right talking. when he talks about the spirit in the first half of the book publicly, he almost never says the word spirit. Mm-hmm. It's always images of water, right. you know, and then even the narrator occasionally has to say, when he said this, he meant he the spirit. Meant the right, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. so he, that's what I mean by esoteric, not in the modern sense, but in the ancient sense of sure. exoteric versus mm-hmm. esoteric, mm-hmm. external public versus private, the insiders. Whereas this is this insider conversation. And so very much you get a different vibe than again, the Lucan context is much more on their public ministry. Again, these are differences of emphases, not differences of reality. Sure. Because obviously he both. sends them, yeah. Yeah. you know, when he gives them the Holy Spirit, because yes. of course Pentecost basically happens on Easter in John. Mm-hmm. He blows the spirit on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he says, just as the father has sent me, so I send you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just kind of foreclosed in the way that Luke spreads it out. Mm-hmm. And again, we don't see them turn around and do it yet right away. Right. Cause again, it's, right. it's not delayed. Sure. So again, that sure. Johannine emphasis on the community, they will know you by your love, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm jumping way too wide, but... No, that's but, okay, though. That's but okay. bring it back to yeah. where we are. Like, sure. your your point at the very beginning, that in 13, that I led back over to 12, and now we're coming back to 13b, mm-hmm. is that the continuity of Christ and the Spirit mm-hmm. uh, that you highlighted, right? The, mm-hmm. the inseparability of truthfulness... Yeah is addressing a real problem that Jesus is seeing you guys are not ready for this ministry I'm about mm-hmm. to send you into. Mm-hmm. And I've been with you for three years and it's not enough. You need more good thing. The spirit's coming Yes, for you. Yeah. The spirit is what's going to make you ready. Not me, right? Mm-hmm. Not my teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My teaching is, is true, but there's more that you need to learn. It's not saying the spirit's going to come along and tell you something different. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. The continuity. Yeah. 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 But there's a fullness that comes through the spirit because it makes you able to bear what you can't yet bear. And, you know, in, in another text somewhere, Jesus is going to say, it's, it, don't, don't be so shook up about this. It's, it's good that I'm leaving. And usually we yeah. don't, usually we don't think of Jesus not being here as a good thing, yeah. but, but he says what's really counterintuitive to a lot of us. No, it's good that I go away so that the Spirit might come because the Spirit will enable you to do things that as long as I'm here physically in the flesh, you're not able to handle. You're not able to do. You don't have that dunamis, as you said. It's not until I leave, having accomplished my work, that something's going to be unleashed within you yeah. and through you. So, yeah, it's, that's – I, I don't know. I, I was thinking, too, as he's – 
as it goes on here in 13, talking about his own authority, not speaking from his own authority. Um, <laughs> see, there too, and we're talking about inseparability of truth, and then now he's he seems to you know make some distinctions here, clear ones, about where the authority comes from and what the authority of the Spirit is. And this could sound, if you don't read it properly, as a kind of, I don't know, subordination, as if the Holy Spirit is somehow subordinate to the Father, perhaps. But I think that, I think, what or the Son here, in this case. Or the Son in this case. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Some kind of take it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's, it's just that the Holy Spirit shares in whatever the Father and the Son have. Yeah. So that, it, that there's not like a separate authority that the Holy Spirit has that's less than the Father's authority but that he speaks from the authority of the Godhead, not something that's peculiar to himself, I think. And there's more we could say about that, but that's something that stood out to yeah, me too we, as we continue on 13. We, we, might come, we might come back to that as we get into the issues. And of course, one of the interesting issues is to one, – a marker. I'll, I'll stick a pin in it. I'll just stick put a little marker down for, for the second uh, section of mm-hmm. the chat today is to say – if this text on its own happens to be subordinationist, oh well. That's not how we read the scriptures, right? So like, if it happens to be that a text in isolation has a tendency in a certain direction, well, the whole point of Trinitarian doctrine is to hold together a whole bunch of claims that at first glance seem to be in contradiction right, anyway. Right, yeah. so, so I think we can, as preachers and students of the text, we always want to let it speak so that if it has a slightly more subordination ish not ist <laughs> if it ha- if the emphasis like is on the subordination like, like mm-hmm. i always like to say to my students subordination is not what makes a subordinationist mm-hmm. just like modes doesn't make you a modalist, modalist right. right it's yeah, it's right. the ism is the problem mm-hmm. it's the absolutizing of the subordination mm-hmm. is there sure. some kind of order and structure to the divine life mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. do things move from father through son to the spirit yes. i think so right yes. like that so. is not yes. a and if that's subordination oh well the problem mm-hmm. is ism it's saying that's the only truth and anything that is other than that. So anyway, sorry, that was a chit that was ended up. I said I'm going to put a chit down, but it didn't marker, but it was two minutes long. That's but right. I think you'd be on the same page with that. So we so. might need to come back to that. Sure, um, we can. We totally what can. I want to focus on now for a moment, though, is the language here, hmm. just being exegetical for a moment. Mm-hmm. Verse 13 towards the end. And the idiom here is from his own authority. That's a fine translation. That's pretty standard. Even ESV, which tends to be pretty wooden. Mm-hmm. goes with that. It's an appropriate translation of the idiom. Having said that, the word authority does not appear here. Hmm. Okay. It is, he will not speak of himself. from himself. Uh, yeah. And I'll it's really too. from off, right? Too. Yeah. Out of, from, away yep. from, as yep. a source. It's a kind of source kind of language, right? right? Yeah. And this, Jesus has said huh. this a ton. Yeah. The son has nothing in himself. Mm. He, mm-hmm. all that he has, he gets from the father right so it's the exact same even says i speak back in chapter five he says i do not speak off iautu i do not speak from myself Hmm. i Mm -hmm. speak right from the father the father he Hmm. the father has life in himself has granted to the son to have life Life in in himself himself. but therefore from the father in it so the son has life in himself but he does not have life from himself. He has it from the Father. And in the same way, then also the words. The, the words are in him, as he says. He says it right here, 15, right? That's why this is Trinity, not just Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All things whatsoever that the Father has are mine, right? Yes. But they, you could say they're from the Father, right? 
but they are fully in him, right? Mm-hmm. And in the same way, then you could say the same. I think he's saying the same thing. Same thing with Tadas Mutani for the spirit, right? It's like right. same thing, right. changing right. what needs to be changed for the spirit. The spirit has nothing from himself. He gets it all from me, just like I have nothing in myself, but get it from me. Therefore, I do have it in myself. Yes. It is in me, yeah. but it's not in me as a sort of as a possession over against the others, which mm-hmm. goes back to your point earlier about truth. It's not that the son is truth and the father and spirit aren't. Yes. Or that right. they have to get the truth from him. Right. It's that father, son, and spirit are the truth. Yes. In a way that flows from father, son, spirit. The, the spirit. Is this tracking or not? I, again, it's getting technical, but no, no, it, no, it does. And I, I think I'm, the language of from himself, I just feels like is a little more flexible than on his own authority, well, which is the meaning of the idiom. That is a standard Greek idiom that means sure authority. Yeah. But it, again, authority is a big word that's used in John, and it's it yeah. kind of mucks it up to throw it I in. Think there. It I think the I think it does. this yeah. the simple prepositional phrase I think is just clearer. From himself. <laughs> yeah. And then we're not reading into it things that we're not yeah. supposed to read if we just say from himself rather than inserting the word authority, the word authority in there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah but whatsoever he hears, because it's really about hearing and speaking. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's almost as if the spirit is overhearing the father and son's conversation hmm. about the future, the things to come, and then declaring them to us at the end of verse 13. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, and doesn't Jesus, now I'm, I'm going to go back now, but doesn't Jesus say it. something similar though about he says what he hears the Father speak, or he, or maybe it, I'm oh, trying, yeah, it's I'm, straight I'm just out of five. Off, yeah, okay, five. Yeah, I, well, I, I read I read through the Gospel of John this last month, and I thought that was somewhere earlier in the Gospel. Yeah, well, um, let's take a quick break and then turn there and see if that can help uh, fill it out. So let's just sure. take a quick break here. Sounds good. We're back. <laughs> that is funny. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, first time guests always laugh at that. Uh, oh. I, I laugh at it every time, but re- return, returning guests tend to find it not as funny anymore. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, thank you for enjoying. If it. I okay. ever come back again, I won't laugh. Like, right, oh, I, I, I expect that. No, no. Uh, now you were referring. Okay, so you're referring to so chapter five. Uh, yeah, I, I was riffing off that. That whole was passage. a life in himself. So right. 19, it starts and says, Jesus said to them in 19, uh-huh. uh, truly, truly, I say to you, the son is not able, right? Not mm-hmm. dunamis to do from himself, right? Anything except what he sees that's seeing instead of hearing. Yes. We'll get to hearing in right. 31. Right. Uh, what he sees the father doing, which is great because he's basically saying, I can do everything the father can do, yes. but only because the father's doing it. Right. <laughs> right. It's brilliant. Right. Yeah, I love it. And then 31, uh, 30, excuse me, is exactly parallel, but now in the first person, mm-hmm. I myself am not able dunamis to do from myself. Same, mm-hmm. same language, but in I nothing. So I am not able to do anything from myself mm-hmm. just as I hear, I judge. Right. And, my judgment is just or true, mm-hmm. just right, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So that's one where he's explicitly referencing to hearing, yep. which given the parallelism to – it's an inclusio for this whole mm-hmm. section, 19 to 30. Mm-hmm. 
implies what I hear, what he hears from the father. Yes. I think it's implied. Of course. Now, there might be another passage you were thinking of where he specifically talks about hearing from the father, but... Well, I think these are good, though. I mean, these... That captures These are the passages that capture what I was thinking about. Yeah. And 17 has it a little, too, where he says, uh, the words that I have received from you, father, I have given to them. Yes. So that's... Yes. Receiving and giving doesn't have the language of hearing. But it's a whole idea yeah. of, of, of what Jesus is saying, what he's doing, derives – he has it fully, but it derives from, in some sense, the Father. He hears what the Father he says. He's he's testifying to what the Father wants him to testify about. And it's it's paralleled with the Holy Spirit here. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of maybe what he's even setting up, the expectation, which mm-hmm. is why, again, this could be – again, this could be read in a modalist direction – as well, because it's a sequence, <laughs> yeah. father, then son, then spirit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Again, the problem is the ism. It's mm. true that the father sends the son in time and yes. the father and son send the spirit. And it is a sequence. Yes. <laughs> that isn't untrue. That's right. It's just that's right. you don't absolutize that and make that the only way of speaking. That's, right. the, that's when you end up in heresy. But yeah, there's this pattern he's saying, just as, you know, the father sent me mm-hmm. on his authority and I sought his glory, not my own. Mm-hmm. In the same way, the spirit, oh, that helps make sense of verse 14. Hmm. He will speak from me, not from himself, and he will glorify me. Yes. Just as I glorify the Father. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you're just reading it, if you read a text just like to extract doctrine out of it, you're mm-hmm. going to be like, well, it doesn't say that the spirit glorifies the Father here. Right. Or there's no reference to Father and Son glorifying the spirit, which is true. But that's not how we, that, that's not how doctrine and exegesis should relate, actually. It should be more, yeah. yeah, a little bit more, uh, the whole picture that's being painted here. Right. Yeah. Where we get the rule of faith through which we interpret scripture, you know, isolated passages on their own, etc. Yeah. Yeah. But it's receiving 14. He will glorify me because he will receive from me mm-hmm. and declare to you. That's great. So mm. even there, the because implies that the way that he's going to glorify me is by being this conduit from me to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so cool. This may be something tiny, too. And I don't want to make... Sometimes sometimes we make too big of a, a Greek word, but to make known, to announce, anangale. Mm-hmm. It's not just I'm going to, like, say something. You know, there are a lot of different words in Greek for to say something or whatever. But yeah, 13 but, but, has it, lalese. So yeah, it's, it starts speak, with the simple yeah, one. Yeah, but then to... To, to announce, yeah. to, to proclaim, to to declare something to you. I, I think there's a there's a different nuance to that word. It's, it, it may be something small, but it's, it sticks out to me. Well, let's bit. glance at it. I mean, so he says, starting at 13b, mm-hmm. so we can let the we can let the passage as a whole help us see if there's something at stake in the shifting of the language. Hmm. He says, Good. for not will he say or speak. How do we want to do lale? You know? I. Speak. Speak. That's fine. Speak. Yeah. Yeah. So for he will not speak from himself, but whatsoever he hears, he will speak. speak. Man, mm-hmm. that really does match 530, doesn't it? Where it said, whatever I hear, I judge. Mm-hmm. And so speak and speak. And then and the coming things he will declare, announce yes. to you. Mm. So and then he will glorify me because he what he receives from me, he will announce to you. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, and then he repeats it again one more time at the end, but I wonder if there's, again, just for style, sometimes authors will switch oh, yeah. language, but yeah. nevertheless, I wonder if the coming things really fits the uh, language of declare, right? 
Anangelia has a kind of because he's got, he's talking about things to come, which has a kind of announcing something that's yeah going to happen at has some an point down the road. Vibe to it. Has a tel- mean, yeah, right, yeah, right, right, yeah. Right. A of something. And yeah. you don't just say that stuff; you announce yeah. it, right? Yeah. So I wonder if the word of coming things is kind of inviting the verb, you know? Sure, I of think so. declaration. Yeah, I mean the the whole passage seems oriented to that, right? You you can't bear them now, but when mm-hmm. the spirit comes, then then you have this idea of yeah, this brings announcing us, something. Yeah. yeah, this brings us back to the ambiguity that we bumped into earlier, mm-hmm. right? What are the coming things? Mm-hmm. The things that so it's it's one of those from the perspective of the disciples on Thursday night, the things to come might be the stuff that's going to happen that weekend that's in the past to us. Right, right. But of course, we as readers, and even the author of this text, probably being written, you know, in mm-hmm. its final form, quite a bit later. Oh yeah, decades have passed. He knows that he's. It's always tricky. Like whenever I'm reading the, this is a big issue even in our own Wesleyan tradition around how to interpret the, the experience of the apostles and how it maps on to our own experience in terms of mm-hmm. Pentecost and all that. But anyway, sure, sure. like it's a constant struggle. Are we being invited to hear the? apostles in a different circumstance than us because they're before Hmm. easter and we're after Mm -hmm. in -hmm. which case we would hear this as oh they couldn't bear it but now they can after and so can we because we're on the other side right but then you all so that's kind of i don't know how to name that version but that's the kind of the see their experience as different from ours Mm -hmm. but it's obvious that the gospels are also inviting us to be in their location Mm -hmm. and to kind of see that okay yeah these things happened in the past but in your experience, there's still things to come. Yeah. And, and things that you can't perhaps bear yes. in the moment that you're in them. That's right. Yeah. Just like the disciples. And in this case, at least with John's very, for lack of a better term, mystical style, I, I feel that he doesn't, it's not just like there's the immediate meaning and then that's like a, that's a possible ap- a moral application. Mm-hmm. You know, with some texts, you know, it's like, well, okay, we can moralize this and talk about how it affects our lives. Sure. sure. With John, it's like, no, no, he's like inviting you to do that by the way he writes. Mm. He, he often mm. very intentionally creates these kinds of temp time ambiguities where it's like, mm. like even John 17 is that way. Is, is that his prayer the night that he died? Yes. Uh, is it the prayer that he's still now praying at the right hand of the father? Yes. Like it, 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 it invites these kinds of uh, mm-hmm. double senses, I feel, in mm-hmm. his writing style. He, and especially the farewell discourse, when he's talking about He's going to leave and then come back. Does he mean death and resurrection or does he mean mm-hmm. ascension and second coming? Yeah, yeah. And I think the answer is yes. He's yes. talking about both yeah. and you can't, right. Right. you can't splice it out verse by verse. I mean, right. some exegetes try to, and I, I don't think we can succeed on that. I think probably not what John was intending. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's John's intent. Yeah. yeah I think he wants it, it to be both. Right. Mm-hmm. I think so. And I think that's relevant even for us because I don't know about you, but like when I hear the there are more things that you cannot bear. It's like really tempting for me to think like, Oh, I know something more than they did then. Mm. And so it helps for me to hear that invitation to also be, no, I might be just as lost and confused as the <laughs> <Right>. disciples. <laughs> yeah. Which makes me come back to your, Absolutely. you mentioned earlier the, it's good that I leave mm-hmm. because in the spirit comes, what does that mean? Like, does he have to leave for the spirit to come? What does that mean? Is he, 
Is it that his, sure. the spirit comes after his death and resurrection? Is he talking about that? Or is it that he has to like go upstairs to get it from the father, which is kind of the, the more Lucan kind of imagery. Right, right. I don't think that's how John tends Probably. to. Yeah. Well, clearly. Or is it that he's in the way in a way, like as long as he's present, they're going to be beholden to him. They won't grow up. I mean, there's a, I, I can't help but consider there's an element of he's creating space for them to step up just like when he makes Peter the shepherd and everything, you know, yeah. <sighs> I'm thinking of like, you know, all these retiring boomers, like, Hey guys, let go. You know, <laughs> right, like, right. like you got to make room. You have well, to leave. Also, it, you it, have it, to it, step away. And I, it, it triggers something when uh, I was just thinking of, it's also in John, but chapter 20, I don't want to get too far ahead here, but no, nah, we're, but he tells in Mary and John's fair game. He tells Mary yeah. as soon as Mary yes. recognizes, don't, Hold fast, don't cling to me, right? It's the same kind of thing. And he couldn't there have simply just meant like touch because later he's going to invite Thomas, hey, handle me, right? Right. So it can't just be something like, oh, you can't literally. I have special glory magic that makes sense. Yeah, so that means make sure you step off. No, it's don't don't grasp hold of me and and, and want to keep me here in in some sense. So I think that same idea applies there. So yeah, I don't know. I think there's some of that going on with with John. And, And I think. Obviously, there's this, the issue of Jesus having to share in our death and atone for sin and do all the things that atonement does and resurrection does so that the Holy Spirit can come in and inhabit us. Of course, that, I think that's obviously at work, too. But no, that, that's an interesting point that you brought up. Is Jesus somehow, we don't usually think of it this way, but is Jesus somehow like in the way of, of their growth and development of where he wants. It, it, the thing is, he doesn't just, he doesn't give all kinds of answers as to why it's good for him to leave other than the Holy Spirit won't come. You yeah. I, I would love it if Jesus would flesh that out some more. Here are all the more intricate reasons why it's good for me to actually leave, to ascend. He just walks them through the, he just through says, the upside. I need to leave so that the Spirit can come. And then what we were saying earlier. And even says the double negative, if I don't, changed. they won't. Right. The spirit won't come unless the I go. The spirit won't come unless you I go. Mean, unless you go. And, and and Jesus knew the marked change that they would undergo. We were talking earlier about the the new dunamis they would have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, something else is unleashed when the when the Holy Spirit comes. Not something else that's sort of disc in, in discontinuity from what Christ had already established, but more of like a fullness in some sense of what Christ had already left with them. Now it's lived into, in I think an even greater degree, that the Spirit is actualizing in them. What Christ had done for them and for all I of think, us. I think, I think the for us in us distinction works well here. I think so. Yeah. yeah. To say that what he's doing in his sojourn is for us hmm. and for them, the apostles. Mm-hmm. And as long as they're in that mode mm-hmm. of him for us, mm-hmm. their own apostolic ministry can't be unleashed right. until they are experiencing God's work in them for this, because mm-hmm. then it becomes a new for us for the sake of the world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that now they can be for others. Yes. Um, just as the Father sent me, so I send you. Yes. In the power of the Spirit, yes. the Father sent me. In the power of the Spirit, the Father sends you. Mm. The, the emphasis on hmm. what Christ does being in the power of the Spirit, not hmm. a theme in John, but definitely a theme in Luke, hmm. um, and not denied by John, implied in a couple key places. Sure. And that's a helpful counterweight to mm-hmm. the the pattern here. but. No, I, th- I think that's dead on what you're saying about, I like the cling to me bit. And that's almost a little microcosm of it because what does he yeah. say? Don't cling to me, but 
go. Yeah, I haven't ascended, but you go. Right. And tell my brothers. Tell my brothers. I wonder what word he uses there. Oh, I'll check. Let's, let's, let's look at let's look at. I think it's Peru am I, but I'll check it. It might, might be. be. Well, go and speak these things. Tell these things. I wonder if we were just talking about. Oh, the um, declare word? The declare yeah, word. 17, 18. Yeah, it's, it's Peruo is the go. Yes. My br- and to my brother. Epe. Say, Epe. Okay. To my brothers. Just, okay. okay. But, 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 ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, verse 18. Mary went, Mary Magdalene went. And oh, there it is. Angelusa. Angelusa. Yeah. yeah. Not on Angelusa, but that's okay. It's the same yeah. root. Angelusa. And yeah. announced to the disciples mm. that I have seen the Lord. Yeah. So she, the... The say is saying, because he's giving her specific words, say these specific things. Yes. Which means in many ways, she is already anticipating the movement Mm. from as Jesus. Oh, man, you get the as it always happens, like what takes like, you know, 50 plus days in Luke is shortened into five minutes in John. (laughs) But like you hear, you know, no reference to spirit here, but there is reference to ascension. I have not yet ascended to my father. Yes. Don't cling to me. Right. But go mm-hmm. and say these words. Mm-hmm. She now is going to not speak from herself, but from him. Right. I'm not saying she That's is the spirit, but she's a spirit bearer. But, but the same pattern. We it's see. The pattern is it's the point. The pattern. Yeah. Which then doubles back to why this is fitting at the farewell discourse, mm. why there's a reference back to the father, forward to the spirit, and why we as hearers are in some ways looking back into the past mm. and saying, ah, this is before the spirit came. Mm-hmm. But mm. also we're being invited to see this as our present that the spirit is still forthcoming in our lives Mm -hmm. because of course we don't have as much power and we can't bear a lot of things (laughs) and we need so that we can do what Mary does, which is get the word out. Yes. Oh dude, that's good. I'm not thinking that Mary connection. That's, Hmm. that's slick. Thanks bro. (laughs) There are a lot of good stuff, but that one really stands out to me. That's the one contribution I've made. Yes. No, no, no. You love me lots of others. That's just the one I'm most excited about. But yeah, it's the do awesome. not cling to me because I think they are. Yeah. They're clinging to him. They're sad. And he knows that their their sadness is caused by their clinging. Yes. And I can't help but imagine, just kind of putting on my historian's hat for a moment, mm-hmm. I can't help but imagine that this wouldn't have a kind of an additional layer of meaning in terms of the apostolic generation dying off, mm. which clearly in John's final form, I think, I think, I think most of these teachings That's have... Good an oral and even written history prior mm-hmm. to that, but clearly sure. in its final form, definitely by the time you get to chapter 21. Yes. This is an era. The apostles have all died they're off. Done. Yeah. John has probably even died off. And they're, yes. they're saying, cause the rumor went around. It's like the second to last sentence, right? He says, yeah. the rumor was went around that he, that he Jesus said he wasn't going to die. Gonna die. Yeah. He's just saying he, he doesn't have to, if he doesn't want to. <laughs> yeah. So clearly like, and there's an anxiety about, you know, it's sure. parallel in, Hebrews 13, 8, where it says Jesus Christ mm. is the same yesterday, today, and forever, yeah. right after reference to the apostles passing on it. And so mm. you get this, like, because mm. there would have been this great anxiety of, of like, oh, sure. has he not come back? Is it really true? We no longer have an apostle to go check with. Right. No more firsthand accounts. Right. Yeah. And who's so, going to settle our disputes? Yes. Who's going to give us hope? Yeah. What do we do now? Yeah. So yeah. I think this is speaking huh. both it. to the, the so that's a third layer, in other words. Yes. So you have the experience of the apostles prior <clears throat> to Easter. Mm-hmm. You have the experience, you have our experience now, because I think John, the book of John is being written for the ages. Yes. Almost of any texts in the New Testament, it's one where you could make a case that they, the author thought of himself as writing scripture of some kind, yeah. much more so than Paul, I think, yeah. who, who's like, I think Paul's is kind of 
I mean, already by already by Second Peter, you can tell that Peter's surprised that Paul became like scripture <laughs> to people. You know, like yeah. they don't think of themselves as writing scripture when but they're writing. But John is John clearly does. writing for the ages, at least, especially if, at the end of twenty. These yeah. are written that you may believe. Yeah. that he's the Christ. and then yeah, you can absolutely. see crumbs the whole way through. So yeah. at least the final form has a lot of these. So I think he's writing both about the apostles' experience before Easter. He's writing about our experience now. Mm-hmm. Believers through the ages. But then he has a specific application, I think, to this anxious moment of transition to the dying off of the first era Hmm. and the anxiety of that to let them know, yes, Hmm. yes, Hmm. the word you received, you received from the apostles. But even their authority was based on their proximity to Christ, but also their reception of the The spirit, spirit, which you have. Yeah, you have the same spirit. That's it. Yeah. I think that's going on there. But I think all these layers are in play at yeah. once. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. And that that's something I hadn't thought of before. But yeah, when you think of when, when as you said, the finalized version of this gospel is being put in place and refined. Yeah. The the apostles are all but gone. And so what a, you know, what a great connection here for the community who's going to take over from them. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. The of continuity course, of the spirit. And then that ends up becoming... I mean, that'll maybe we'll take a break here in a second. That can be the beginning of leading into our, hmm. you know, the preaching of it and our own. Because, I mean, you know, this this is happening in every generation. There's these questions of continuity mm-hmm. and of the loss of uh, spiritual parents. And yeah. like, and then, and I think it's especially acute during certain seasons of the church's sure. history too. So mm-hmm. let's take a quick break and then come back and write a sermon. Okay, let's try it. We're back. <laughs> I love that look on your face. Waiting for it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Was that the that was the I look on the that was the look on the disciples' face when Jesus said, "There is so much more that I have to say to you." And they're like, "Huh? <laughs> what? What is but it?" But you can't bear it now. Oh, oh come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, but it. the Spirit of Truth hmm. will Himself come when He comes. He will lead you on the path of all truth. Hmm. For he will not speak from himself, but whatsoever he hears, he will speak. And the things to come, he will declare to you. He will glorify me because from me, he will receive and will declare to y'all. All things whatsoever the father has are mine. Hmm. Because of this, I said that from him, he will receive and declare to y'all. Mm. So in other words, from me, marrying's from the Father. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a cool passage. So let's write mm-hmm. a sermon. What, what do you want to do with this? We can think in terms of, uh, you know, just what, what's your angle? What's your hook? Where, where would you start? You know, I mean, there's so many things going on, but we got to funnel into like, think of our listeners and think like, you know, sometimes we even, you know, write a whole sermon if we want, you know, here's the points. Here's the... <laughs> Here's the yeah. thesis. Add yeah, your own I, stories. Or yeah. you just think for yourself. If you were up, you know, you got called up, hey, I need you to preach last minute this Sunday. Right. Or I'm, I'm going to Sierra Leone here in a couple of weeks. And you I was are. told that, you know, and I've been in other countries before where if you show up at a church and mm. you know your pastor, like, hey, brother, why don't you get up and share a word? Right. And so you just have to Boom. kind of go with it. Always be I ready. was already told, be ready when you go over there. Well, let's um, think. We can even think of that. Yeah. Let's see. Well, 
I don't know. I guess I guess verse tw- verse twelve does does hit me because I think that can be applied to a lot of people's situations. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot you cannot bear them now. Uh, this isn't this isn't something deeply theological so much, but just, just practical. How we can be experiencing things, experiencing grave difficulties, like a lot of us have in our lives, and we 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 don't know the whys, and we we can barely see enough light ahead of us to put the next foot forward. I know me and my family have been there before and God didn't tell us why this was happening. Yeah. And maybe there's a sense in which we couldn't bear it or I mean, we couldn't understand it. It's not until you go through that you can look back and understand. I think of, you know, won't do you any good now. It won't do you any good now. It's not until you go through the whole entire process that then you can look back and see what God has done, He knew it the whole time, but it, it's God working, working through through everything. Similar to the you know the way that Augustine, when he's writing the Confessions, he's like you know it was you, O Lord, who was prompting whole the whole time. time. The whole time, I was unaware and I didn't know. But, but telling that to a teenage Augustine would have had no. But it wouldn't have effect. Yeah, no, 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 it, it made it worse. Have. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. So I mean, th- there would be one place to start from. Well, I mean, thinking but, about that, and I mean, I think of like the phrase. Everything happens for a reason, mm. which is this horrible thing to say to someone who's suffering. Yeah. And such a powerful thing for someone who is suffering to say and mean. Yes. Sometimes they just say it because they've been learned to say it. Yeah. And you don't need to correct them. It's a good cliche. Yeah. Right. But yeah. sometimes things become cliches because they're true. Yeah. Right. Most cliches are bastardized wisdom. Mm-hmm. They're wisdom. Yeah. They're, they're statements of truth. God yeah. is at work in all things. Yeah. And that is deep, deep truth. But timing matters. Yes, it does. <laughs> timing matters a lot. Yeah. And it's one of the most powerful things to hear someone after a season of suffering. It's more the after than during, right? When you say it during, it's often more, yeah, a cliche to kind of yeah. cope. And you let them, you let people say whatever they want, you know. But then after, for someone to look back and say, that mm-hmm. was, you know, I was just today, I was having a conversation with somebody and it was actually like an interview for a, like a thing I was being interviewed for something. And it was a lot of just life story stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if it was meant to be, but that's, that was their first question. I think it was probably, they were meaning to get it out of the way, but it ended up being most of it was because perfect because I'm a rambler, but <laughs> as, our, <laughs> as our audience knows, but no, no one thinks that come on. <laughs> yeah, they can't see the sarcasm in your eyes. Uh, <laughs> this, this is radio baby. Uh, but they, they, I was thinking of a particular season of my life mm-hmm. and it was the, cause they asked me like, when did you tell the story of how you came to the seminary? Mm-hmm. And like, that was one of the worst years of my life, you know? And I, I wasn't sharing that part of it 10 years ago, probably, but like to be able to see how I also think of that year. I mean, I was interviewed in September of 2009. It was November of 2009 November 17th was the day after my birthday. That's why I can remember the exact date was like the first day when I like broke down and saw that I needed help. I'd Mm. been in like an eight months writer's block and depression. Mm. Mm. And Mm. I I was, I knew about the block. That was obvious, but the, the underlying thing I wasn't being able to see. And, and I got help. And like, I feel like in many ways, my adult life as Mm. a human and as a Christian Mm -hmm. and as a husband and parent and everything, Mm -hmm. teacher, everything really started. On November 17th mm. of 2009, when I was like at one of my worst 
points. Yeah. And so in hindsight, of course, I looked at that and say, you know, because I was even talking about how I had been overwhelmed. I was doing all these things. Yeah. He was hearing, I, he was asking me these <clears throat> stories about, and I was talking about like when I was in graduate school and I was pastoring in South Jersey and my wife was pastoring in Pennsylvania <laughs> we're like driving and, and I'm adjuncting up at Somerset and I'm TAing it at PTS and taking courses, just going everywhere. Yeah. We didn't have kids yet. And when the kids came along and the, the sleep went away. Things changed. Yeah. I dropped a lot of those extracurriculars, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. in many ways actually is what brought on the depression because uh, I was, I was able to be so busy to not have to be, deal with, it. I fell yeah. into the hole then. Yep. So it was actually worse when all I had to do was my dissertation because I didn't have the excuse for why it wasn't getting done. <laughs> right. yeah. And so, of course, in the moment, you know, that was just this kind of awful year and so hard. And there were bad, quote, bad decisions I was making that was mm. exacerbating it, mm. including the clearing of my plate, yeah. you know, to. Sure. But now, 10 years back, I look back and I think, well, that was exactly what needed to happen. I had to hit rock bottom yeah. or I would have never gotten any help, which I'm still on a story of getting the kind of help that, that mm-hmm. began there. Yeah. You know, I have so much more to say to you, the Lord says, but you are not able right. to bear it now. Yes. Right? It's not like to say, oh, everything's great. Rose yeah. colored glasses. God's in it. Yeah. Is one thing. But to look back and say, Wow. It was in the worst points mm-hmm. is when God was at work in me, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, when we moved here three years ago, we had just had a, a, a daughter, our second child. Our son is, was two years old. And two weeks before the semester started, when I was going to start teaching here, uh, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. Yeah. Now, in that moment, when, when we found out, it was like the, the analogy I used the moment she told me, I, I remember as a boy accidentally touching an electric fence yeah. and feeling the yes. insane jolt. Yes. That's how it felt. Wow. Like a That's moment trauma. of utter utter paralysis yeah. of just getting bam, just just it, it felt like you're you're being like shoved from behind. Yeah. Like all of a sudden. That's where it happens in that, the brain. That's trauma. Yeah. Yeah. In the back of the head. It was it was almost like the same exact Wow. And if, if somebody would have come and said, hey, guys, God's in this. Right. Now, really. And, and, during, yeah. and during moments where she was going through chemo and, you know, we were just trying to keep it together. I, I, I knew God was there. But if someone would have said, hey, this God's working for your good, you know, again, you mentioned timing earlier, right? But now. Two years, it's been over two years uh, since Christy's treatment and, and surgery. She's been cancer-free. She's she's doing great. And she will say that she wouldn't have traded that, as odd as it sounds. Yeah. One of the things that it did, it didn't, it didn't just help us see God's power, God able to you know, use medicines and all kinds of things and to bring about healing. It, it did two other things, several other things, but... One of the things it, it, it taught me was that I'm not in control of anything. Mm. There, There's a point at which I recognized I am dependent on the mercy of God, and I'm not in control. And number two, singing the body of Christ in a way that we hadn't before. You know, we can – a lot of people complain about the church, et cetera, et cetera. But when you see the best that oh, God's yeah. people can be, there's no other people in all the world like the people of God. When they come around you in the fullness of the Spirit – and help carry you through a difficult time. And then for her, one of the last things that, that God did for her most profoundly that's stuck, 
she had always had a problem with fear and worry and anxiety in her mm. life. It was just always a thing for years. Through this, God so deeply touched and transformed her and met her profoundly at those darkest, most yeah. scary moments that coming out of that, she no longer struggles with it like she used to. Yeah. So again, so for lots of reasons. Facing a real fear. A real shook fear. Shook up the... Like, are, am the I kind of little fears that yeah. threw her off in her daily life. Yeah. It's changed the way she looks changed, at the world. Changed everything. And so, yeah, I mean, we we wouldn't have been able to hear at, at the moment, God's going to do great things through this, guys, you know, as well as after the fact, looking back and thinking, yeah. Yeah, yeah and you can make the general statement so that people are hearing it. Mm-hmm. You know, as he's already done, he said some things, I'm being glorified, but it's just a metaphor. It's just yeah. parables. Yeah. You know, like, so you say things like God is at work in all things. Right. You, you can say that. It's yeah. different than looking somebody in the eye and saying, God's at work in this. Yes. Like, actually, it's time. the time is for them to see it. Yeah. You know, because they're not ready to bear it. Yeah. And Jesus is a good teacher. Yes, he is. And a good teacher doesn't just have knowledge, but has a good, as prudence, a sense of timing. Yes. As the phronesis to know when and where to say what needs yes, to be said. Absolutely. 100%. And hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I, when you started sharing a little bit ago about a few minutes ago about, you know, suffering and timing and stuff, mm-hmm. I kind of had a hunch what you were talking about, but didn't want to put you on the spot. So I shared no, my story. That was and, good. Yeah. Yeah. And partially because I meant it, but also I was trying to manipulate you into feeling safe to say, okay, I, I can share mine. I was going to anyway. <laughs> oh, we, good. Oh, good. We, we've got, you know, I, I've gone through other difficulties, but but that was the most the difficult. Biggie, yeah. and, and at a point at which um, I I was, we were at our weakest and most vulnerable, and, and in part because we had just moved yeah. someplace. Well, and you well, look at that and say, anybody. isn't that the worst timing? But in a way, it was the best. It timing. was the best. I mean, because I, you yeah. know, I go to church with with John. I'm saying this to the audience. It's mm-hmm. saying like, like, I mean, I love our local church, and it's got there's really intense bonds that emerge there. Mm-hmm. But of course, that means it can sometimes feel hard to get in. There's some it, clicks yes, and stuff, yes, you know. Yes, people, yes, yeah, you know that that's one of the um, a really close knit church. That's one of the the downsides. It's yeah. sometimes hard to get close knit into must be it. Aware of, yeah. And you guys have like. You close knitted and integrated into like a group of people like mm. faster than I've seen almost anybody, and it was because of me. Because of a crisis, you were in a crisis. It, was a crisis. it wasn't because ch- I'm so cool. It oh, was I, because of oh, I know. It wasn't you know that? No, I'm just kidding. It was because of a need, and but it was amazing. And I could, you could just see it playing out that mm. first year. There's just this like mm-hmm. the the church stepped up, and honestly, like in your first like you know like. You know, when you're a new teacher and that's exhausting and you're, you know, and you're kind of, yeah. yeah, you're, you know, I mean, you've had jobs, we've had, but you know, you're like, yeah, you're, you're in a, before, but you're but in a, like a position yeah. you're hoping to yeah. do for a while. It's like, yeah. it sometimes takes a couple of years to really feel like you have friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I've quoted this on the podcast before, but the Jesus greatest miracles that he made 12 friends at 30, you know, I mean? like it's really hard. <laughs> it, making friends as an adult is hard. It is. And, and it is. So just watching that happen, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but again, like to walk up to you then and say, you know, hey, it's good. This it's good. Your wife had cancer, yeah, so that you can have friends. Yeah. That would be <laughs> yeah. such an like, insulting what? thing. Yeah. But it ended up being true. It was one hundred percent true. And I told people too, <laughs> and as, I was seeing it happen. I saw it. I was watching yeah. it, saying, "Wow, that's cool." Like yeah. I really, uh, and I knew not to say it. <laughs> well, I kept it to myself. I think I said it to Mandy. We talked about it. And your wife like, wow. was a huge part of 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 blessing us with meal trains and everything. But anyway, I've told people too that 
it sounds counterintuitive, but it, it, it seems like it would have been better to have stayed where we were, where we already had, down in Georgia, where it came right. from, because we already knew people, we already had a church home, for something like that to happen. If you'd have known three months before, you might not have moved. You might have right. said right. no to the offer. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. well, we can't go to a brand new place right. where we really don't know anybody. Right. I mean, here's kind of where we have a place, we know people. But the way, I think, the way that God moved here and the way that God helped us through this, through the church, through IWU, was better than we would have experienced had we stayed at home where it was comfortable and more familiar. I mean, I, I think I saw God move We would have clung mildly. to the familiar ways. I would. Right? right. To go back to Mary, right? That would be clinging exactly. to what's known. Clinging to what's known. And this opening was, up to the new. This was opening up to the new, and God knew it, and letting his spirit work in us in ways that I don't think he would have otherwise had we not have left what we knew and come to a new place with different challenges in front of us and then just fall on God's mercies and then see what he was able to do because of it. It was, it was, it's amazing. It really is. Well, I think we have a sermon. I've, I've got it. Something. I've yeah. got it. No, it just came to me like right as you landed, like the last word, it was like, boom. Okay. So the big theme is this, the, you know, I have much more to say to you, but right now you can't bear it. And that could even be the the tagline. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's the title or the hook or the thing, the, the mantra, but the, um, you know, you cannot bear it now, you know, mm-hmm. cannot bear it now, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of notion of timing yes. and bearing. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's three, and it's kind of three vignettes. Mm-hmm. And so this is drawing on our conversation earlier. Mm-hmm. The first vignette is, is you can't bear the crucifixion and resurrection. You can't bear, you can't actually see what's happening until yeah, it happens. It's, this is it. over your head. Yes. And that's still true for us. We're mm-hmm. still in that situation mm-hmm. again and again, mm-hmm. right? Where this is over our heads and all we can do is rely on the spirit to lead us in the path of all truth. And it's very fitting that it's leading. Mm-hmm. Right? He doesn't say the spirit will come and, you know, walk you through all the details. No, he'll right, lead right. you along the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He'll, t- and he will talk to you, but he'll tell you only what he hears me say. So mm-hmm. just, just enough. Right. Jesus continues to limit what we know mm-hmm. <laughs> just enough for now, <laughs> just enough for now. Yeah. about himself. That's, that's <clears throat> about Jesus, how mm-hmm. Jesus is over our heads. The second vignette is then this moment. I think that I would like to highlight that at the time of this book is being written mm-hmm. of the dying off of the apostles. And mm-hmm. you could say something in the church even about, yeah. you know, maybe you know, this is the local church application for every preacher, but to talk a little bit about the change that's taking place in your own community, yeah. what we're needing to let go of hmm. um, mm-hmm. so that we can rely on the spirit to lead yeah. us in the path of all truth. Yeah. Which may be, again, something hard to let go of and even counterintuitive because you would think that, well, Jesus shouldn't get out of the way, right? right. Jesus says, unless I leave this won't happen. Don't cling. Don't, don't cling. Because, not because I'm, there's something wrong with me, Jesus right, says, right. but because you can't bear it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because really you're not ready. <laughs> yeah. When you're ready, you know, yeah. in the end, I'll yeah. come back and you'll be ready and it'll right. be fine. Yeah. And then the third would be that more general application that could have then a personal story. Yeah. We shared, I shared a minor one, you shared a major one, but you know, it could be from your community or from, or just your own personal life mm-hmm. of something where you just couldn't see it in the moment, but mm-hmm. in the hindsight, you can look back. And, and what's interestingly, <clears throat> is, this is a, still a sermon on the Trinity, right? You just yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. you indirect. And, and if you're anything like me, then like at the end, you might say, behold, and you look back and say, 
See, it's father, son, and spirit. And it's not that they're taking turns. It's that yes. each has its own place mm-hmm. to play. So you wouldn't even have to walk into the finer, you know, finer points of Trinity doctrine. That would right. be more, like you say, a rule of faith yes. that's governing my language as I yes. talk about real life. Yes. Man. I like it. I like it. Anyway, so that's mm-hmm. my little three points, you know, kind of Christ himself, the church, and yeah. then the, and it, it corresponds, you know, Christ, the community, and then the individual Christian. Yeah. And how there's a, you cannot bear it yet moments yes. at, you know, at every level. Yeah. I don't know. That's my little sermon. I like it. I like it. No, that, that, that's good. True to the text, true to life. Absolutely. I like it. Well, thanks so much for taking time to come. I'm glad you asked me. I really I didn't know what to expect. So this is Well, been, how, you know, how could you? I, I, I wasn't ready to bear it at the time when you exactly. told me. Exactly. Yeah. Now I've come. Yeah. No, it, it, it's, it's, it's great. It's great to just bounce some ideas off and think through scripture and um, yeah, I didn't come here expecting to like share personal stories, but this has been, it's been wonderful. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. I liked having you on. This was great. I'd yeah. love to have you back. I would love to come back anytime. Great. Good. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I'll just say two quick things. First, um, do you have anything you, this will, this is going to drop, uh, in like early June, anything you want to plug, anything coming up? Are you, you got a book coming out or articles coming out or anything some, connected to the school or events? Or I've got just, some art. I've got some, I've got some articles coming out. Um, you know, one in a book on apologetics on it's on Athanasius. Zondervan's publishing that. And then um, something else I'm writing Athanasius on the cross. That's coming out a little bit, a little bit later. Cool. Like way later, <laughs> but, okay. but things are, things are coming down the pike. But as you know, the publishing world sure. turns pretty slowly. Yeah. You know? But you know, some of these things I've got going on right now that I'm, working on awesome so, great yeah. well again thanks so much for uh being on and uh i want to say thank you to all our listeners and thank you to eric fisher for his great production work appreciate it so much couldn't imagine doing this every week without you eric and thanks to um tom adamson for donating the uh theme music and yeah thanks most of all to all you listeners and we say to you have a good preach and a great week bye-bye. bye bye bye